Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. I'm so happy to see your face. Happy Autumn Equinox. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Maybon, Mabon, Mobon. I would say Maybon, but I am a very phonetic. (laughs) That's what sounds natural is Maybon. Yeah. As we know, like Celtic words are not intuitive. So. Yeah, at least not for us. Yeah. Uh, like Sow and what? Sow. Um, but yeah, I have been feeling this like very strange, maybe it's the new moon too, but this oh, very yeah. strange like inability to sleep. It's probably not the moon. It's probably the world. The world. Whatever. <laughs> um, and last night I was like, it was like 11 and Nathan was reading and I was like, I need to go to sleep right now because I have to wake up in five hours to record. And he's like, yeah, go to sleep. And I was like, okay. So I laid back, closed my eyes. And then like three minutes later, I was like, Hey, Nathan, remember when we were in London, like a few years ago and we got really, really lost on the, on the tube. And we ended up having to take a Uber from like that stadium from my dad wrote a porno. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, I just, where were we going? Like, where were we trying to get to when we got so lost? And he was like, Holly, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this does not matter. And you just said you had to go to sleep because you had to wake up in five hours. And then like within five minutes, my brain was like on another continent four years ago. Like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> Your body wants to travel, and so you're astral traveling in your dreams. I know. I wasn't even asleep yet. I just, like, couldn't fall asleep because I couldn't remember where our ultimate goal was for this trip that we took, like, four years ago. (laughs) The answer was drinks at a bar with one of my high school friends who lives in London, but I could not remember for the life of me. And also the fact that that arena is the the arena from my dad wrote a porno in my yes. brain in your brain just, and like, not like the actual really... name <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> i was like what is it called it's in my dad wrote a porno he's like i've never listened to that <laughs> it's a cultural touchstone esther <laughs> anyway that. i'm I am not well rested, so this might be a punchy one, but we're reviewing a deck that we both fucking love. I know, so I'm excited about that. No, my going to sleep habit recently has been playing Animal Crossing and falling to sleep because my husband tells me, he's like, you don't play this game to play this game. You play this game as a healing game. Like, this is, this (laughs) is where, like, yeah, this is like, I'm Wait, I thought that was the point of Animal, I mean, (laughs) I don't have Animal Crossing, but I thought the whole point was that it was like basically modern day Sims, but instead of just building elaborate houses you're building, building island. elaborate island yeah it is <laughs> but like some apparently he would play the sims or animal crossing to like get the stuff done build the perfect oh, island no, no, no. like all the things no, 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 and no, i'm no, like no. over here like la 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 running through Just the flowers puttering. like <laughs> watering everything <laughs> like being my best cottage core self <laughs> i love that that sounds fantastic I know. that's a great method for falling asleep for card of the day (laughs) okay i am using golden girls tarot today oh fun four five six seven 
The card of the day is Temperance. Aww. It's Rose. It's like Holly needs to talk to her guides instead exactly. of Exactly. Ah, Rose. I love so- Rose. Or not talk about bars on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> stop talking about bars. Get on with it. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is so cute. I, one of the decks that we are sending to our Patreon's uh, supporters at the $15 level was the Golden Girls. And the way that I packaged everything was since I wrapped all of the decks right. individually, I put a little blue painter's tape Aww. on the exterior of the shipping box to remind me what gift oh, it was right, right, right. before like, deciding who it would go to. And for Golden Girls, which I think we sent out like three, I just wrote golden uh-huh. on the tag. <laughs> and then because it's been so chaotic, when I finally went to go package them, I was like, what the fuck is the golden deck that we're sending out to people? The golden Visconti, the golden Klimt. I so know, I was like, that is such a common word in tarot cards. Why would I just put golden? Girls is five extra letters. It would have taken two seconds. Or just GG is okay. Yeah, but instead I was sitting there like, how? How am I going to figure out which deck this was? <laughs> and Esther's asleep, so I can't even take a picture and ask her, what was the deck with gold in it? That we yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Why am I getting so distracted from the matter at hand, Esther? Because you want to talk to me today as long as possible. I know. I guess so. Even though I keep fantasizing about crawling back into bed. <laughs> <laughs> so our first question from the episode is from Joey. And she asks, I'm in the process of starting my own coaching business, which entails tarot and oracle card readings. I'm super excited to start, but of course nervous. I consistently fall back into analysis paralysis as I get closer to launching my program. Imposter syndrome has definitely been rearing its ugly head. Any helpful advice as I launch my first course this fall and maybe what to expect? Love it. Exciting. I know. I'm interested in what this course is. That's exciting. Yeah, I also would have imposter syndrome if I were doing something like that. Yeah, I think it's just natural. Yep, exactly. I really have been trying to do that thing where that that viral tweet was like, don't have imposter syndrome, have con man syndrome. We're like, (laughs) God, I can't believe I conned my way into this. I know, it's like, whoa. That's been actually helping me a lot lately. Just like, well, you shouldn't have asked me to do this then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you assume that I could do this when you told me to do this. So we're going to yeah. Google the shit out of it until we can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Welcome to how I've gotten almost all of my jobs in my adult life. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I kind of know the basics of this. Yeah. And now I'm going to fake and it. And I can watch YouTube videos if I can. Like, it's fine. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, so how do you want to start with this? Do you want to just start with helpful advice and then maybe like things to keep an eye on? Yeah, I think helpful. Yeah, I think helpful advice and things to watch out for are good. Okay. And for helpful advice, I'm obviously going to be pulling two cards. So, you Uh, okay. Well, okay. Thank you for (laughs) informing me ahead of time. So I'm not shocked and surprised like I would have. I've been trying to make an effort to not always do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So helpful advice for Joey. Oh. Oh, what did you get? I got the Ace of Cups and the Wheel of Fortune. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, but I think that may- the anxiety thing makes sense with that, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Wheel just of Fortune like is the just, lack of control. Yeah, lack of control. Everything's up and down. So many emotions involved. Yeah. And so I got the Four of Swords and the Nine of Wands, which I think in this context is just like the helpful advice of resting when you need to rest. Because it can be really tempting when you're starting a new venture to just like 
not and just try to power through mm -hmm. and that is less helpful and i think your resiliency level is increased if you allow yourself to rest yeah it's kind of like in college i had this like method of <laughs> doing homework where if i ever was about to work past 2 a.m i would just stop because mm -hmm. i knew that anything that i produced after two would be complete nonsense yeah yeah and that's kind of like that same idea of like if you set boundaries and allow yourself to rest, then you can come back stronger the next day or the next week or whatever. Yeah. And for me with the ace of cups, like just be ready and open to the abundance of emotions that this journey will bring you. There'll be ups yeah, and downs, totally. like, but just kind of just be open to whatever the universe is kind of going to bring you in this time. Like don't have any expectations over yourself and things like that. Just just be open and willing to be vulnerable with the people that you're going to be sharing with. Yeah, totally. I like it. Yeah. So what should she be keeping an eye out for? Okay. Yeah. Keeping an eye out for. Okay. What did you get? I got, I only pulled one card. I got the queen of pentacles. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I got the five of pentacles and the ace of pentacles. Oh, so with the queen of pentacles, it feels like kind of what to keep an eye out for is like areas that you could funnel more like tangible actions into. Mm -hmm. And I know the pentacles are like more financial or like physical realm stuff. Right. But I think in the context of like a new business venture, it's like, what needs your attention the most. And the cool thing about having the queen of pentacles show up too, is that I do feel like you have the ability to do that. And like the wisdom to mm -hmm. decide what needs more of that spark of ACE energy. Um, so like keeping an eye out for the places where there is sort of a lack of like readiness mm -hmm. and prioritizing that is something that you'll want to look out for. Just like making sure that you're not letting any five of pentacles situations like get too big to manage. Right. Right. So when something happens where you're like, what's going on, what should I be doing here? You can funnel some of that ACE of pentacles energy into that specific, like little slot of issue. Mm -hmm. For me, the word that keeps coming up is like discernment and yeah. like kind of using that to kind of like, okay, so this is, not only like in the financial sense, but in like the business sense. So this is the discernment that needs to happen in this situation. Like this is the kind of investment that you need to have either personally or financially to yeah. be successful in this. So use that discernment wisely as you walk into this like entire new thing for you. And trust you, like the Queen of Pentacles is like really, really good at trusting her gut about things. Yeah. And like not just yeah. like analytically, like that's the Queen of Swords, like the analytical, like let me write everything down and like, you know, compare everything and do all the figures. Yeah. The Queen of Pentacles is where like gut oriented following their intuition, as you will. So yeah. I think yeah. And I also that. think that that makes a lot of sense with the cards that you pulled for the first question Yeah, is like the discernment also comes into play with the wheel of fortune because there are some things that you can exert control over and some things that you can't mm -hmm. and discernment comes into play with that too. Like real, like looking at areas where you have the control versus where you don't have any control mm -hmm. and then not trying to push and push and push in the areas where you don't have any control and push 
more in areas where you do have some sense of control, that's like where the discernment will become the most key. Yeah. Because it's so easy to be like, to feel like you need to be more, I don't know, on top of things, mm-hmm. but we don't have ultimate control over everything. Right. And I think that, like, if anything, 2020 has really taught us that. <laughs> exactly. That's the whole lesson of 2020 is, you know, trying to manage your expectations and you just, you just, you're just discernment wisely. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then do you want to give, pull some advice cards for Joey after the sort of like, well, I guess we've kind of already talked about it a little bit. Yeah, maybe just like a pep talky card, like a thing to remember yeah. whenever things don't go the way they planned. Perfect. You genius. I'm trying. The last little blip in my brain just shoved that out. So, <laughs> oh, and I got the sun. Aww. So I do think that this is like the right move. Yeah. Maybe it's just like a timing thing. Maybe the timing is why some of the cards that we just pulled were a little bit. Yeah, and I got the King rockier. of Pentacles. So I think it's going to be a great business venture for you at the end of the day. Yeah, it, yeah. It just might be a little bit tricky at the very beginning. Yeah, because there's so much that you can't control. Yeah. But ultimately, the sun and the king of pentacles is a really, really good great sign, time especially with the queen of pentacles already that, well. that we that we like we got all yeah, the pentacles. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so many pentacles, so many which pentacles. is fantastic. Yeah. Good luck, Joey. You'll have to send us a link when you're done setting everything yeah. up because we want to see it. Yeah, we totally do. We're we're super nosy, everybody. Like, if you yeah, send in please. questions, please include your shit because we will look at it. Like, you can tell us not to say it on the podcast. I think the next question is the perfect example. I know. Of this. Yes, please, <laughs> Holly, if you will. Yeah, which is from an anonymous question asker, and our anonymous question asker says, "I host a podcast that follows a TV show. Since starting, my co-host has started working on three other podcasts in addition to ours, two of which also follow TV shows." Our show is scheduled to start airing again this fall. And when I sent her an excited text about the release date, she sent back a message saying she didn't know how she was going to do the podcast with nervous laughter. In the past, she's done all the editing for our show, which I know is a lot of work. My original plan during the hiatus has been to learn more of that side of podcasting, but COVID happened and my own work and parenting load increased. I'm trying to decide if I should try to muster enough excitement to keep the show going and possibly add editing the show to my own packed schedule, or if I should just let my podcast die. <sighs> and I need to know what podcast I know, I know, I do too. <laughs> like, I love <laughs> to know all the tea. I, I love it. Seriously. Uh, but also, I think that before we answer the question, oh, yeah. uh, Esther once told me a stat that, like, 95% of podcasts only ever have 25 episodes. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's closer to 98, but 95 is, like, a, like a good a good one. Yeah. So w- w- like what I mean by that is that it podcasting is so much fun. Like yeah. obviously we love it or else we wouldn't still do it, but it is a lot of energy because it isn't the same as doing like an Instagram live or whatever. Right. Where you're just like unedited, putting yourself out there. And the other component that makes it different from any of those other social media platforms and their way of communicating with other people is that it's not centralized. Right. So when you're doing a podcast, you have to, Obviously, write, record, and edit, but then also there's like all of these back end things mm-hmm. to make sure that things are being uploaded appropriately. Right. Like it's not like you can just add it to a YouTube channel and there it is right. on everyone's phone. Right. It's like a little bit more complicated than that, which can add a lot of stress. I mean, the good thing about this is that the baseline is already set up. Right. Like everything is good to go. But I think the hard thing is that like it's a lot of energy and also even if you are following a show so you have the season format already built in, mm-hmm. it is finding time every single week yes. to spend several hours working on something. Right. Because so just 
as Holly would say, a peep into how the sausage is made. <laughs> it's uh, podcasting is literally a part-time job at the very least. Yeah. Like 12 hours yeah. a week easily. We spend on a one-hour podcast. Usually Holly and I record almost two hours of content to whittle down to about yeah. an hour and 15 minutes probably. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and it's not like it, it's stuff that either we are chatting with each other and some of it makes in the podcast, some of it doesn't. Other parts of it is like the business stuff in the back organization. end. Organization. Organization yeah, exactly. stuff. Figuring stuff out. And um, as the editor of our podcast, a two hour editing episode is about four hours editing time. Yeah. So it, and that's after two and a half years of practice. Right. Yeah, this like, is me like down my game. Like <laughs> Yeah, that's Esther having shortcut keys to cut out to all, every, of our all weird this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so um so it is like definitely something where Anonymous will have to consider if they're wanting to, you know, continue this podcast if it's if something you have to be really passionate about that's why i tell people right. who come in to try to get podcasts you have to be really passionate about the topic because otherwise you won't get past that 25 episode mark exactly exactly and i mostly brought up the 25 episode mark thing because i think that it can feel like you're failing if a podcast ends mm-hmm. it can feel like well what was the point of all this work but that not, you're not alone not at like all. Uh, there are so many situations like that and also it, if you let it die and then later decide that you find a new co-host or right. your co-host seems more enthusiastic or whatever, the infrastructure is already there. If you're already, you know, connected to iTunes and Spotify, mm-hmm. like yeah. that stuff stays up. So you could just start again right. when the timing is better. Like, especially right now, the emotional labor that's falling onto so many of us for just like household management things mm-hmm. during a pandemic right. is like not even emotional labor, actual literal labor. Like there's just more that we're responsible for. And especially if there's parenting stuff going on with Mm -hmm. like online school or in person school or just like managing the emotions of another tiny human being who can't rationalize their way through this as much. Like there's no reason to make yourself feel bad. If it can't continue. Exactly. And yeah, don't make yourself feel bad if something has happened and because I don't know if I could go on by myself or trying to drag Holly along if Holly was distracted with something else. Right. Because it, because being responsible for a whole other person and trying to get them enthusiastic about something we do together is so exhausting. Well, that's why we had to take summer off because both of us were so overwhelmed with work that we couldn't like muster the, like ability even I don't even want to say enthusiasm because I think once we start talking we're enthusiastic (laughs) with each other we're happy to see each other we love talking about this stuff but it was like purely like we couldn't muster the actual ability to sit down once a week and talk right right like it was just not gonna happen and also we Holly and I have been very open about if this is no longer fun then we're not going to do it like that's that's always been what we've said from the beginning and so because people don't we're not teaching I mean I guess we are sort of like passively but this isn't because this is so open-ended we're reviewing decks and answering questions there's not like once we've gotten through the 78 cards, we're done. Right. You know, exactly. like there's not that moment. And we really like talking about this stuff, which is why we keep doing it. Right. But yeah, it's just, it, and also like, I think if one of our life circumstances changed significantly, like if one of us had a kid right. or something, it would be a huge moment of like, fuck, like, can we keep doing right. this? Right. Right. Yeah. Thankfully, neither of us want to. <laughs> subject the world to our spawn but, My, our, spawn our spawns would be very beautiful but we don't want to <laughs> deal with that yeah, right they'd now be super cool or ever 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, mom. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just before we go into any of any card pulling, do not yeah. feel guilty about any position that you're holding right now. Your feelings no, no, are no. valid. You don't need yeah. to feel pressure from either side to perform for a podcast or to not perform for a podcast. Like Holly said, you're the way you've set things up now, you can easily go on a long term hiatus for the next six months until you like yeah. can recoup and come back in the winter time and you're good. You know? Yeah, so. totally. Yeah. The heart the infrastructure part is done. The editing stuff is difficult. Mm-hmm. But the thing that makes like getting a podcast off the ground so hard has already been accomplished. Exactly. Like you already have it's set up. You've already done so, so you much audio. It's there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, just a little pep talk. Okay. Before we go into things. <laughs> so do we want to do the like two path thing? Maybe then like, yeah, the I think two path is good. Yeah. Like, like pushing forward, pushing forward and then letting the podcast go away. And then depending on the answers with pushing forward, maybe we could go into like, should you find right. some different partner hiatus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it's going to be, what, two things to think about and then an outcome, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. What did you get? <laughs> the two things to th- they- <laughs> Sorry. The two things to think about are the Ten of Wands and Strength, <laughs> and the outcome is death. <laughs> <laughs> well, interesting, because I got the... Eight of Pentacles and Seven of Cups and the Four of Wands. Okay. So I think that it would take a... Eight of Cups, Seven of Pentacles. Eight of Pentacles. It would be all falling onto your Yeah, exactly. You'd be the one to do everything. It would kind of... The the death would be like the change where everything shifts to your taking on that burden. But there would be a Four of Wands moment where there would be worth it, like within this big change. But you would be shouldering everything. But also the four of wands, I think, especially in this context is like people will celebrate that you're back. Yeah. It's like external worth it. Like it feels good that people are happy that you're back, but it's still like you have to weigh of if that four of wands makes the set the 10 of wands and strength feel worth right. it. And with the seven of cups showing up, I think there's still going to be some uncertainty if you'll even continue after like Maybe in each week it'll be uncertain, like a decision yeah. sort of thing. Like there's always going to yeah. be like questions like, well, are we going to do it this week or are we not going to do it this week? Or, you know, that sort of yeah. feeling with the seven of cups. It'll be really sort of up in the air. And I could also see the death in this situation be like, it will end up meaning like, even if you make it through this season, the ultimate result would be that you're going to have to figure out a way to transform it no matter what, yeah. because you're going to be doing all the work, you're going to be feeling kind of exhausted by it. And so you'll have to sort of find a way to transform it eventually, no matter right, what. Right, right, right. You're going to be, you're just going to decide at the end of the season, this is not working. We need to change it. So yeah, sort of exactly. Thing. I think you're right. Uh, okay. So, and then if you let it die and I am using the 420 tarot. That was my other deck that I had on hand for today. So (laughs) funny. I love it. Oh, (laughs) interesting. Huh. Hmm. Okay. What did you get? I got the tower, the nine of wands, the ace of pentacles as like the advice outcome. Tower, nine of wands and ace of pentacles. Tower, nine of wands. 
Okay, and I got the Wheel of Fortune and Temperance. Okay. With the Six of Wands being the outcome. Why are our cards in direct opposition with each okay, other? Okay, one more time. What did you get? Wheel of Fortune, Temperance, with the Six of Wands as the outcome. What was your outcome? Ace of Pentacles. So I think the outcome, no matter... Okay, we're, we're, we'll splice back into like what it means in a second. The outcome no matter what is good because we have like that new business venture, the new podcast, the new way of doing things is going to be yeah. like very victorious for you. You're going to be very proud of the result of what you have. Yeah. Getting there is the, is going to be the, the issue because it's going to be maybe topsy turvy. It's going to be like re- the towers. That's just that rebuilding from the ground up. You're not going to be yeah. sure like the format you want to go with. You're not gonna be sure of like the podcast host perhaps do it with. You're not even sure of like how to edit the thing. You're starting from the ground up essentially. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a really beautiful way to. And the nine of in. wands is that resilience. Like if you keep pushing through the result is going to be yeah. victory and a yeah. good, good new way to do things. Yeah. And I think that that makes, it seems less contrasted with my two cards when you put it that way, because with the wheel of fortune and temperance being kind of like, you know, recognizing areas that you have control in and areas that you don't have control in and trying to find a balance. I mean, we keep talking about balance, Mm -hmm. but, or like, you know, setting boundaries or whatever, but I think that letting it die and letting it die in its existing iteration Mm -hmm. will allow you the space to kind of like, make decisions about it being more beneficial and fun Mm -hmm. rather than like a drudgery thing. Like you're rebuilding, you're allowing yourself to like kind of go for the ride. And there's like sort of that reversal of fortune with the wheel of fortune. Like if you let it kind of die in its current iteration, you'll be able to make decisions about what you want it to be like with the temperance card, like sort of what amount of effort you can contribute to it. And then ultimately it'll be something that like feels really good and successful. And I really like temperance showing up here because you mentioned like that, that family balance that's been going on in the background where right now perhaps yeah. that you can't do the current iteration of the podcast the that you have way. and your family when it, when you're able to build it from the ground up and come back, perhaps you can have a better handle of that balance in your life where you're not overwhelmed by personal life stuff and you can come back to do the podcast in a way that's comfortable for you and a better fit for you. Yeah. And feels like a little bit more natural and like not so forced flowy. Yeah. (laughs) Flowy. (laughs) Flowy. Everything is all about the flow. Yeah. Uh, should we pull cards just for like advice moving forward? Like just straightforward. Like maybe this would be the first step. Yeah. To move forward. I think that, yeah, it's interesting because it seems like you could make it work either way. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of like how much the effort you're wearing on the back end of it. That's to me what the difference is. Advice. All right. Anonymous. Anonymous. Page of pentacles. (laughs) And I got strength. Okay. And I had pulled strength early. Yeah. So I think that like kind of looking at this in terms of like, this is a new venture rather than going into it saying we need to recreate what we've already done. Mm -hmm. Like you're strong enough to say, what if we tried this journey in a new way? What if we tried this like effort in a new space that maybe I'm a little bit less comfortable with? Yeah. Yeah. Because the page of pentacles is like 
such a good card for this sort of thing, but there is some naivety in mm-hmm. it, even though it's a court card, like of just being like, what? Yeah. See how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> and just remember as you're walking forward with whatever path you choose to kind of um, walk down, that strength that is within you is mm-hmm. always there. And it's still there yeah. no matter if, if things on the outside feel really, really um, hard and feel really burdensome. So don't yeah. ever think that you can't do this without a different person there, that that you are intrinsically tied with someone. You can stand on your own and you have the own strength within yourself to be able to do this. So <sighs> good luck. Good luck, Anonymous. And Tell, and direct message us what DM podcast us it podcast is. Name and- <laughs> Tell us all the things. Thank you very much. We love you. Bye. Yeah, we're so curious. <laughs> all right, Patreon shout out. Uh, you know what occurred to me is that we never announced who our August uh, donation was. Oh, through. yeah. I don't think we did because we were so busy. <laughs> yeah. I know. So, yeah. So, in June, we pledged to donate to organizations that support Black Lives and Black Lives Matter. Um, and black art basically mm-hmm. over the, I guess forever. forever. Yeah. Uh, but the initial pledge was to do a thousand dollars over the intervening three months. And so the first two months we remembered to announce who we had contributed to. And then last month we totally never mentioned it, yeah. even though we definitely we did. did. Contribute. <laughs> so in August we contributed to the black writers collective and that was part of an effort, um, where we had been talking about how part of uplifting black voices is not just telling stories about strife, but also supporting black artists in general. Yeah. And so our, we hope that our contribution can help with that. Yeah. I love that core organization. I was like super excited and pumped about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you want to, we can link uh, in the show notes. them in our show notes. Yeah. <laughs> I say, and then, and then question really, Esther, it's just like, Esther. Really? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't link anything in show notes, but Esther, I will, will do all the links in the show notes. Sometimes <laughs> I wonder if there's too many links and if people really actually care about the links, but I'm like, we'll just do it anyway. It's Even fine. if just like two people check them, it'll be worth yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes I feel like I should put like a secret dog picture and see if anyone notices the show notes. If there's like a secret dog, like somewhere. I love that idea. <laughs> I love that idea. That sounds great to me. It's me like a, like a hide-and-seek podcast show notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, do we have any other announcements? I think... Oh, well, here's another announcement. Our Patreon supporters at the $15 a month level uh, who supported us before this month, so over the last year, uh, are getting their yearly tarot box in the mail, Yay! hopefully in the next couple of days and weeks for our international listeners. Yay! <laughs> so exciting and we're so excited yeah i've been packing everything up it feels really good and also if you would like to get on that you are welcome to go to our patreon which is patreon.com slash wildly tarot there's a bunch of fun content there um and you can get different rewards based on your level of support and we appreciate any level of support it really makes a huge difference for us it really does and we're also moving the major arcana episodes that we have on the main feed to our patreon feed that it will for be un- for everybody. It'll be unlocked for the public just so we can have like all of the episodes in one place. So you're not having to search through iTunes and their weird way, ass exactly. way of like, like organizing yes. stuff. So, because we're geniuses and you're a beautiful the- genius, Holly. Oh, thank you. Well, also, all of the major Arcana episodes have rolled, or not all of them. I think we have like strength and on, but. <laughs> 
a lot of them have rolled off of iTunes because iTunes only holds on to a certain number of episodes. So they're going to be on Patreon, but they're not going to be locked, like Esther said. So anyone who wants to listen to just the Major Arcana, it'll be free, open to everyone yeah. on Patreon. And we'll tag um, them a specific way so you can easily find all of them. So Yeah, exactly. And now shout outs to our newest Patreon supporters. Yay! I can go first. Okay. I am shouting out for Zach. And Zach, your card is the Four of Cups. And I have a shout out for Melissa B. And your card is the Hierophant with a Sophia Hierophant because it's the Golden Girl Tarot. <laughs> so good. So good. I love it. You too can support us on patreon.com slash wildly tarot podcast. <laughs> hey, and now to the best part of the episode for the day. Deck of the week. I'm so discordant. I don't know how That's anyone okay. can listen to my voice. It's fine. Uh, this week we're talking about Memento Mori Oracle deck. Yeah. So those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while know that Claire Goodchild is somebody that we both fucking love we're obsessed uh like we were huge fans of hers just from her decks alone and then we interviewed her twice on the podcast and now we're friends and esther edits her podcast (laughs) it's it's very surreal i am like always a fangirl's like breath away from like collapsing into like laughter like Uh, yeah just like just just that just that happiness that like claire really likes me yeah and she's like the decks that she's the art that claire has created has been really important to our own growth like as people yeah uh which i think is where the fandom started and then you know now she's like a real person that we talk to regularly and claire is probably blushing super hard and turning off the episode if she's listening to us say these things (laughs) about her but get ready for it claire because we're only gonna go deeper but anyway so (laughs) she released the memento mori oracle deck Last year, right? Yeah, earlier this year, like February, I think I got it. Time is meaningless, but yeah. So <laughs> she created this amazing, amazing Oracle deck that's basically, we'll talk about like kind of what she says about it. But the idea is that it's all of these symbols surrounding like the death industry or I guess mortality is yeah. more accurate. Like it's not necessarily like... Even though that makes it sound so bleak, it isn't. <laughs> no, it's the antique ephemera balances that really, really well. Yeah, totally. So it's in the style of her uh, antique anatomy deck. And the cool thing about this deck is that, or one of the many cool things about this deck is that the it's designed to be functional as a Lenormand deck mm-hmm. with the first 36 cards. But then it goes to 88 cards of just like beautiful art and meaningful things. Yeah. The other cool thing about it that I we want to touch on is that she is doing a podcast where she's going through each card individually mm-hmm. and talking about lore and like the history of that symbol. Right. And it's really, really good and super, super well done, well written, well edited. But, thanks to Esther. Thank you very much. Uh, but Claire's like been hiring voice actors yeah. to add poetry to it. There's like background music. It's just like 
a beautiful, spooky, wonderful podcast if you're a big fan of folklore. I even recommend it to people who've been asking for like historical spooky podcasts because it's more yeah, than just totally. like, it's not like a tarot podcast where they walk through the meaning of the card. For her, it's like the story behind the meaning of the card. Yeah. It's the what stories made of her... people and what makes yeah. her that symbol mean this. And we'll kind of get into this later with some of my what the fuck cards. But, you know, it's this, it's the symbol, like, and what it, the, the story and the lore is behind all of that. And that's the fascinating part of it is like, yeah, you get to learn history and like really cool history when you totally. listen to the podcast. It's not about like the Oracle, like you drawing the card. And this is, this is what broom means. Broom means to sweep away all that shit in your life. It doesn't, yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah. that. Oh, you're totally right. Yeah. It's like how broom is a memento mori yes. item. Yes. Like what makes brooms like a part of our sort of like history like as people and yeah. history and all of that stuff. Yeah. So the reason though, that we wanted to review this is not because like when we told Claire that we were reviewing it, she was like, Oh, thanks guys. <laughs> but she, this was not her idea. No. The reason that we wanted to review it is because we love that podcast so much. We want everyone to listen to it. And also because it's currently available for pre-order again. So if this deck seems appealing to you, now would be a really, really, really good time to order it. Yes. Um, just because we're kind of dum-dums about numbers, her website is in Canadian dollars. <laughs> but that means it's cheaper for the USD people. And so that means that for us who are using US dollars, it is less expensive than our gut reaction. It's like it Monopoly be. money, people. That's what Canadian <laughs> dollars are, Monopoly money. <laughs> That's how I felt in Canada. I was like... What does $6 for a sandwich mean? I don't even know. Um, but yeah, so now would be a really good time to pre-order it. And it's uh, really just a great deck. It's super cool and spooky and also really meaningful. And Esther and I have used it for a ton of like manifestation work and like basically any huge decision that we're making. Mm -hmm. This is the deck that calls to us. Also, we don't do, she, Esther and I don't like talk about decks like this very no. often. <laughs> This is a very like different review. Personifying Very them. much personified a deck. Yeah, because we, like, for some reason, it's we call her she. <laughs> like, Memento Mori wants to talk to me is something that we've said to each other before. Like, time. this is a different sort of relationship that we have with this deck than with a lot of decks we review mm -hmm. because we use it so much for our personal practice and have for, I since guess, we since got it, it came yeah. out. So it's not the same as just like, oh, this is pretty art. Let's talk about the art. We have a lot more feelings about its functionality. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more of like a scattered review because we want to convey that. Yes. Very much. Yes. And I'm so excited to do it. <laughs> I'm so, so, so excited. I guess we should talk about the beautiful little stanzas that Claire wrote to describe the vibe of the deck. Should I put music behind you as you read this? Just like the episode? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Be That'll make me feel yeah. so fancy. Yeah, we'll fancy you up. Okay. Fancy me up, Esther. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not going to be able to say You're it. You're fine. Okay. I'll try. Let me try to get my best, like, Claire energy, like, Claire podcast energy. Yeah. She's so soft-soaking and sweet in it. Yeah. And I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay. Memento Mori. Thick coal smoke wraps around your neck like bony fingers playfully teasing your skin. The cobblestone streets are alive with the sounds and smells of a new day. 
White topped tents are filled with grains and linens for purchase, and men in black wool coats chat away while the women ponder over that day's choices. The damp stone underneath your feet feels cool, and the faint scent of canna lilies lingers in the air. Each step closer sends a shiver up your spine. You see it now, the kirkyard is just ahead. The faded sign reads, Memento Mori. So she she talks about a lot of like the reasons for the deck and the reasons for each card in her actual podcast. Mm -hmm. So we definitely want to refer you to that. Um, But she and I both have a deep, deep love of the same specific graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) Greyfriars Kirkyard in Edinburgh is like kind of the inciting incident for a lot of the cards in this deck. Um, And I love it when I visited there, too. So. I don't know. I feel a lot of kinship about that. And the scene that she sets is just like so perfect and spooky. Yes. And I also think that it's worth mentioning that I'm not a spooky person. No. Like at no. all. Esther's more skeletony and snaky and crystally yeah. and spooky. spooky. And I'm like the opposite <laughs> of spooky. Like I can't pull it off even if I wanted to. <laughs> like that's actually something that I've noticed about myself. I can't pull off spooky. Can't but I think spooky. that the I mean, that's it's gonna so be, true, That's right? going to be our new mugs for the shop. Like, spooky and then can't, can't pull off spooky. Like, a couple set. Pull, wishes she could pull <laughs> off spooky. I just can't. Yeah. I want to. I think it's so cool. I surround myself with people who really, like, love that aesthetic. But I just... Like, even there's, like, this whole dark academia aesthetic that's sort of, like, big on witch talk. Oh, like, uh-huh. TikTok for witches, where they talk about, like sort of the aesthetic of dark academia, which is like similar to this, like misty Uh and like linens and tweeds. And I'm like, what is that? But like only in light linen dresses (laughs) and like never any dark colors and (laughs) unable, like I can't do like a serious looking face. Like I just, my face doesn't look like that. I don't know. But anyway, so with that being said, I still, one of the reasons that I find this deck so effective is that because it's about these like universal symbols, right? even if you're not a spooky person, you understand these universal symbols and you can then extrapolate them into a very successful reading of kind of like what your own interpretation is of that symbol. Yes. So I guess we should talk about where you can find it first. Uh... It's on Black and the Moon's website, blackandthemoon.com. You can also find Claire at Black and the Moon on Instagram, Black and the Moon. I think that maybe I wasn't articulating the and strongly enough. Check the show notes. Her link's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, this is how Esther's going to get people to the show notes. <laughs> there will be a link in there. And uh, so, yeah, you can find it there. I think it's also on Etsy, but I would just buy yeah, it just through her website. Buy it from her directly. Yeah. Etsy takes so many fees. It's, Etsy I have experienced. Is, anyway. <laughs> Well, that's a, that's a rant for a different podcast. Our Etsy a podcast. rant for a different day. Yeah, exactly. But so that's where you can find it. How it physically is. Uh, Claire is a huge fan of the tuck box and she will never vary from the yes. tuck box for her indie decks. <laughs> I think that one reason that maybe people are sleeping on this deck is because they worry that the cardstock will be similar to the initial release of the mass market antique anatomy, but it isn't because this is an indie deck. This is, even though she has now a couple of mass market decks, this is her own deck that she sells out of her home. 
And so she has total control over the cardstock and all of that stuff. So it's a, a simple, straightforward, well-fitted tuck box. Yeah. And just like kind of a very solid, easy to shuffle, fantastic cardstock. Yeah. It's a little bit slick, so it shuffles really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like a huge brick of thickness. Right. Like we've been realizing everybody is trying to produce lately, yes. which is impossible, impossible to shuffle. use. Yeah. Basically, if you've ever ordered any of Claire's other indie decks before, like... They or went, one of or ours. one of ours. It's the, pretty much the same card stock. So... Yeah. Love it. Amazing. Five stars. Yes. Yes. I have three copies of this deck somehow. <laughs> uh, so clearly I am a fan. I only have the one, <laughs> but it has stayed intact for this long, and I probably need to buy a backup just in case there's a fire. I'll send you one of mine because I have three. I mean, you can have one of them. (laughs) I have three because I pre-ordered it immediately, Uh but my name on my pre-order is not the same as the name that I go by. Generally, Mm -hmm. it has an old last name of mine on it. So Claire sent me a copy ahead of time so that I could review it. Yeah. But I didn't cancel my pre-order because I still wanted to support her. So then she and she didn't make the connection that those two names were both me. Right. And so she sent me one ahead of time and then I still got my pre-ordered copy. And then a, one of our listeners posted on Instagram that she wasn't able to connect with it. And because I already had fallen in love with this deck, I was feeling so protective of it that I was like, I will buy that. I think you. you even bought that from her before your pre-order came in. I feel like, yeah, because, maybe. yeah because I feel like that came in before your pre-order because you, you were like, oh, I think I'll just have two decks. And all of a sudden that third one showed up. Right. Then door, my pre-order and you're showed like, up. Yeah, and I was like, wait, where did this deck come from? How did I get yeah. this deck? <laughs> so now I have three, but I'll send one to you. Okay. That's a great okay. idea. Good. Go team. Now I won't have to panic over the flooding if, issues. If there's a fire or a flood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you go to a concert with it in your, your backpack. backpack and you get soaked <laughs> like with mesquite. Oh. Uh, okay. So the construct variation for this is that it's an Oracle deck. Yeah. So it does not follow the tarot structure at all. Nope. Um, I do think that this would be a good point to talk point at which to talk about the Lenormand structure. Yes. Cause I do think it's really cool. But I think that one of the reasons that people get confused by it is that it isn't literally exactly the same names yes. as the Lenormand cards. Yes. Uh, but the definitions remain the same yeah. aligned for those aligned first, for those 36, first 36, cards. 36. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the 36 cards and the name changes that have occurred? That was kind of my what the fuck section. Cause I knew people would have a oh. problem with it, but that's fine. We can do it. We okay. can deal with it here if you want to. Okay. So I just <laughs> I just pulled out Gallows to sort of show because I think that's the first one in the in the first five that people are like, wait, what is Gallows? That's not a Lenormand card. Yeah, Gallows yeah, exactly. is not Lenormand. That's supposed to be Tree. And if you listen to her podcast episode, she goes back to I believe is a poem. Jonathan Swift is the author of that poem. But I think that that's kind of why the podcast is so cool to listen mm-hmm. to is that there are these like variations that she's made between the Lenormand card because. Uh, the tree in Lenormand. It means like indicates health. And the gallows yeah. is like, it doesn't mean health, but it's that gate between health and death, essentially. And that yeah. something's wrong. And so like, you can't, you like, can't go in he- to this deck expecting an exact Lenormand deck cut and dry. That's not the intent of this deck. The intent is to go with I the do symbols think it's also, and to kind of yeah, like make and a little them bit like, more open for interpretation. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like where it's not just like, oh, well, here's the definitions that I learned from so-and-so. It's like, what does this mean to me? And it kind of like forces you right. to do that. 
And I have a Instagram like IGTV about how I interpret the cards because I think that people get really wrapped up in like the guidebook definition idea. Mm-hmm. I think this happens a lot with things like Oracle decks where people are like, like, well, what did the author intend? And that's like the first right. and foremost priority. But I feel like with this deck, it's like, yes, the guidebook is really helpful for that. And the podcast is really helpful for that. And those things are worth consuming Mm -hmm. because they're interesting but also like if you have a specific association with something like an urn then you can expand beyond what the definition means or whatever and think about what you mean and just kind of talk yourself through your associations with an urn Mm -hmm. till you get to one that feels relevant to the question that you're asking yeah so I think that maybe when we talk about the pull a card to represent our relationship with the deck we could also do like a little sample reading like maybe pull two Two cards cards so that we can can talk them through together. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, do you have more you would like to say about the Lenormand thing or do you want to wait till we get to the WTF? No, I, I, I just think it's like, I didn't really have a lot to say about Lenormand. Like, I don't think I would use personally, I don't think I would use this for Lenormand just because the cards are like tarot sites cards. And so it'd be difficult to sort of read a little difficult to get as many as as much. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, like, don't go into this deck with a closed heart. Like you can't like, yeah. that's not what this deck is intended. This to me, like Holly kind of went in the introduction. This deck to me is more alive than any deck that I've ever experienced. Yeah. And so you can't go into it with like parameters already in place of this is like the first 36 cards are not the exact thing that I expected. So therefore it's wrong. No, like yeah. it really challenges you to have a relationship with it. Like, like literally, like literally to the point where Esther and I have both had to like create environments for yes. it so that it is. So it's happy. happy. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and I will mention like the child card is literally Holly in this yeah. deck. It's literally Holly. So every time it has my last name it on it. It does have your last name on it. And to, so to me, like I've had to take child out sometimes when, when so Holly's been so pervasive in my life, I'm like, shut up, Holly, go away. <laughs> like I've had to do that. That is hilarious. <laughs> because like, like, or I didn't know like that. last so week, I think like just intuitively it knew you're having a hard time. So I kept drawing it and I'm like, okay, okay. Holly, can we move Holly. forward? Yeah. yeah, Holly, get out of here. I have my own. <laughs> Holly, questions. I have my own questions. Please, I know you're having a rough time. I've checked in with you. It's fine. Like I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it's like I, you're messaging me, being like, "Hey, uh, no reason, but you good? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I and know this because, is hard. It's because Memento Mori is Memento keeps pulling like, and I, I think I even said in like the chat or something like, "Here's Holly, like, like showing up again. <laughs> here you are. And yeah, so I and like when. When we, when Claire told me she wanted to like put a little Holly Easter egg in there, it was because she was feeling weird about stuff and I was really reassuring. So she felt like, you know, she was my child in some way, (laughs) which is hilarious now. But, um, so she put, but I think that like throughout the entire thing, there are all these really cool Easter eggs. There's a lot of people's names, a lot of references Mm -hmm. to people she loves. And I think that that's part of the reason why it feels so personified right. is that it's not Claire's spirit, but there's like a lot of energy that she's infused into this mm-hmm. deck that kind of comes through to me and to you right. in some really like meaningful and important ways. Right. I guess. Yeah. Um, so the cultural components, it is like mostly 
Western references to things that happen with death and dying. I think some of it's totally universal though. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Um, because there are things like the moon or offerings right. or, you know, pillars and stuff like that, which are just kind of like universal symbols associated with just stuff that we come in contact yeah. with all the time. Yeah, totally. And in her classic Claire Goodchild fashion, it's a lot of bones, a lot of ephemera, a lot of flowers, a lot of like interesting Doctor bottles stuff everywhere. Yeah, some medical creepiness. Um and it's really really beautiful. Yeah. I think that it's interesting because uh Claire gets this a lot where people try to compare it to the Oh, um, uh, Oracle of Oddities? Yeah, thank you. Jesus I was like, Christ. Oddities of Oracles. I'm like, that's not... <laughs> no, Oracle of Oddities doesn't want to be mentioned yeah. because... It, so one of the things about that deck is that it was like three editions. Claire created one of them during a really, really difficult time in her life, which she talks about when we interviewed her the second time. Yes. And so that deck is kind of being phased out, and this is meant as its replacement. But I think one of the big differences is that people expect it to have keywords on it the way that Oracle of Oddities did. But this is more of an exercise in your own intuition, because if you get a card that just says, like, whatever. Like Plague Doctor. Like, if Plague Doctor comes up, what's your first instinct? And you have to be faced with that card, Plague Doctor. What's what's Plague Doctor mean to me? And you see, it forces you to do the work like and I don't yeah. think people like that I think that's that's why there's like a hesitancy for a lot of people to like jump into this deck because it is intimidating in a way to like look at all of these like symbols like what is memento mori to me like being faced yeah. with like the brevity of life and death like what is that does that mean to me that's hard, yeah, that's hard. Totally. and not everyone wants to it's do that hard. but guess what this is our life. Like this is like what yeah. our life is it's and truth. it's a good challenge yeah. and it's a good way to like exercise your intuition and exercise all the stuff that's going on without like going on like, you know, let me draw this card with a keyword on it. Oh, this keyword telling me. Okay, good. Yeah. You know, two seconds. I'm done with my reading. No. Yeah, that's true. It requires you to spend more time with it. And I think that that's like one of the cool things about it also is just that like it's, it's something that you want to like focus on. Mm-hmm. And because there are all these symbols, like when you and I were waiting for news about something, we pulled two cards to represent the thing we were waiting on news about. And also like the idea of news, right. like the letter and then <laughs> another card to represent what we were waiting for news about. And so that was a way of like focusing our energy in our surrounding space on receiving that news mm-hmm. and also manifesting that news right. in some way. And it, the, like the and news came like an, like three hours later, maybe like we set it out. Totally. It was like, like literally three hours later. Yeah. So it like, there's just a lot of that sort of thing where it's like, you can use it in ways that make sense to you because all of us have associations with these things. Yeah. Like even if you might see, see Raven and be like, Oh, I, the only thing I know about Ravens is that, they like shiny things and they can sometimes be omens mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Then you say, you look at that Raven and in the context with another card or just on its own, like what component of what the little I know about Ravens, mm-hmm. I actually know way more about Ravens because <laughs> I fucking love Ravens and yeah. any Corvin. Yeah. But you could be like, okay, Raven and key. So like if what I know about ravens is that they like shiny things and keys unlock things, then maybe this message is related to like, 
like opening up opportunities for collecting shiny things yeah. or whatever. Or like, like you or my solution comes through not being distracted by the things that like are always like distracting yeah my, you know brain or something that, i love that so then there's that's exactly yeah. it like if you can pull the same two cards and esther and i can have wildly different interpretations because we're going through it and walking through the circumstances right. not in the same way and so i think that that's what makes like 88 cards feel like a million because each of these cards has all of these associations and all of this like like intuitive ping right that come from right them. exactly like raven for me would be a message so what sort of messenger is coming to tell me about things like it, you know yeah like so it's it's very much i know we've talked about this deck like it's an actual living thing but it kind of is like it will it will reject like it will say i want to like it will tell like i usually open up every reading with it with like what message do you want to tell me what do you want to tell me i always ask that yeah because she's very talkative so talkative and so at first when i got her she was like i want to charm like so she was always giving me charm she's always giving me present like she was like she's show like, me off like viewing me. table show me off yeah. everybody like all this stuff and so like i i gave her like different crystals and then she would like consume the energy and be like broom sweep them away I don't want them anymore like that's what you know it was literally like that and then I have like a piece of like honey calcite in with, her, with like her in her bag and she's been like very content with her and I've been waiting for her to change her mind that not have honey calcite for the past two months but she's she fine likes with it. it she likes it a lot yeah. you know so yeah. the, it's very much like I it sounds weird it's well it's hard because we try I mean we're a freaking tarot podcast and yet we still are so reticent about like being woo woo right. on our podcast. We try to like maintain a healthy form of skepticism. Like we try. Well, and we normally do, but I think that we just have a different relationship with this yeah. deck and so we're just like She's forcing to us to both... be more woo woo than we want to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're like what's happening? Here? Uh. <laughs> um okay, but so the colors and tones, it's I mean it's like a lot of grays and darkness and not I mean like an old book. Like an old notebook, like an old book, like just flowers and, you know, you've all seen it, yeah. I'm sure. Or you've seen You've Antigua. seen you've seen Claire's aesthetic and it maintains the same aestheticness in this Exactly. One. Exactly. I do think that this would be really hard for somebody who's just getting into exploring their spirituality oh, yeah. because it is a demanding deck I have found. Mm-hmm. Like if you are somebody who's like not really wanting to go that deep, this probably wouldn't be a very good deck for you mm-hmm. because it's going to ask that you do go deep. Right. It's not like, it's not, I don't want to say, it's not a cuddly deck. She definitely, like, tells it to you straight. She definitely yeah. is kind, but she does not mince words about stuff. Like, very direct. It's not here to coddle you into your next spiritual, you know, awakening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, can you be coddled into a spiritual awakening? I mean, it's hard to say. Some kind of Lindy people think you may be, but. Yeah, or like the love bombing, yeah, like evangelical yeah, yeah, churches yeah, yeah. where they're like, <laughs> the, you know, cults, something. Yeah, cults might love bomb, but this deck, not so much, just won't. But I do think that if you're somebody who's trying to dig deeper, this is a good place to start mm-hmm. because there is so much listening to yourself that has to happen with it. Yes. And yeah, I mean, yes, the guidebook and the podcast are truly excellent, but. If you're trying to, like, really listen to yourself, you have to devote some energy to allowing your brain to walk through your understanding. Of right. And you're having to trust yourself. So you kind of gain that confidence with this deck. 
for sure. Yeah. And we've talked about that a lot with like, just like learning to read tarot in general. It's like, it's one thing. I mean, we created a whole entire deck and we reviewed a deck last week that are designed to help you with keywords. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what you're doing with this, except for you're having to go into your own keywords rather than there being an established set of keywords. And that then you're, once you kind of can touch on those keywords, then your intuition can take over and give really meaningful readings. Yes. So let's talk about our favorite cards. Yay! Do you want to go first? Um, sure. I hate that I can't choose all 88, but that's fine. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> so I like Tassiography. I like that because it's a pretty teacup with some flowers growing inside. <laughs> and the cool thing about that is that you both, Tassiography is both like divinatory, but also comforting mm-hmm. because a component of it is drinking the tea. So when you're trying to like elaborate its position amongst other cards, you can go either direction. Yeah. Like, a, a lot of the cards can mean something about seeing or messaging or whatever, mm-hmm. but the other component of tassiography is like, like traditions and oral traditions. Cause it's something that usually people have to teach you mm-hmm. to really be able to do, but it's also comforting because there's this component of like drinking tea with somebody yeah. and all of that. So it's like all of those definitions wrapped up into the card. Yes. Yes. It's very, very lengthy. Like you look at some of them and you're like, these mean absolutely two different things. In the same meaning. Okay, so what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, so it kind of forces you to, again, use your own intuition. I do love the Memento Mori card just because it's just like a beautiful skull. Skull and, and crossbones, but with motherfucking ferns. I know. I also, <laughs> as before, I love Plague Doctor because I just love a Plague Doctor. I'm sorry. I want, Plague Doctor is one of my favorites, too, because when Claire <laughs> created this, she was not thinking, like, how, how relevant, relevant Plague it would Doctor. be to a pandemic. Yeah, but I feel like you especially have pulled that a thousand so times, times in the context of COVID-19. So like times. Because you were dealing with it for way longer right. before we were because you're in Korea and right. it was like there, there before it got to the United States. And it would just show up to be like, hello, I'm here. Yeah. Hello. I'm here and you're still having to think about me. All the time. <laughs> I also yeah. really like heart just because it's a actual like medical heart. anatomical, anatomical heart. heart thank yeah. you i was like medical is not the one i want anatomical heart i just love anatomical hearts anyway so me too They're so cool like our bodies are cool in like and not stupid functioning ways okay <laughs> i like harp harp is a very sweet card i always draw this card yeah. it's like a very very sweet and calming card and i just like it's love it so when calming. she appears I also really love a any sort of deck that includes like offering. So this will come up if any of like my guides are sort of like knocking at the door or kind of to remind me to do like ancestral work. So like this is like a really, really cool card. Like, hey, renew your offerings. Do something as far as that. Yeah. Or like there needs to be something given to someone or something, you know, like any sort of contextual situation. Yeah, totally. Bats, motherfucking bats, follows me around all the time. All the time, Holly. <laughs> How do you interpret it? I don't know because they freak me out because it's almost like, I uh, know, it's, oh, no. <laughs> it's just more just like. They're so good. Like, why do you keep following me around? So. Because, or the card or literal bats keep well, following both, you around. Well, both, kind of. <laughs> so, but basically. Spooky little bitch over I know, here. I know. I, I usually take it as like a underworld calling because oh, that's yeah. how they kind like that's how like actual bats have like manifested like in hallways outside of my apartments sort of shit like I'm always gonna chase them out like go stop following me I around. love that they're so funny like the the little translation in Korean is like flying mouse I think yeah I love it there's just so- and then you think about flying foxes which are like freaking 
dog-sized, and you're like, huh. flying mouse is not relevant no, no. for that one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And of course, my <laughs> last favorite is Snake, because it's just like a beautiful, and she didn't, even though the Snake card in Lenormand has a, like a negative meaning, I don't really like it when it's like, there's snake violence on the card itself know, because it's not the snake's fault that it's You're a like, negative stop card. Stop stabbing snakes on cards. I know. Stop. Please stop. So, um, so I really love just the way it's it's beautiful there, and it's still like very. It could be taken in a negative way. That's okay. So yeah, those were my favorites. It. Awesome. So I limited myself to six as well, and Plague Doctor was one of them. I just love it because the Plague Doctor like he's, has the mask. He's kind of goofy looking. Like he's like scary and goofy at the same time yeah yeah it kind of takes away the teeth from it yeah um obviously i love the child card mm-hmm. because it says my name on it and i'm a narcissist <laughs> um but also i like that the child card has both the white flowers and the black flowers. so mm-hmm. one of the things to also take note is that claire's not choosing specific flowers because of the divinatory meaning of the flower she uses the color of the flower to indicate positive or negative mm-hmm. more often and or not even positive or negative, but just like there's sort of an energy to it. Like sometimes it's like purely aesthetic, but with this card, because it has both normally in a in a card, it'll have either, either white flowers or black right. flowers. Um, and then if there's both, it's kind of like about balance. And so I really like that this card, the child card that has my name on it. Uh, has both and it's kind of like with Lenormand meanings of child people see it as like really inherently positive but I think that having both uh, colors on it brings it into a little bit more balance of like like the childlikeness can be both positive or naive and like a little bit more negative so I just think that it's really cute right uh, I also love the spirit board card oh, yes. because this is the time of year where I just shout into the void about how spirit boards are not inherently evil. Uh-huh. Every time Halloween season comes up, like every <laughs> single Facebook group I'm in, people will be like, I got this tray from Home Goods and my husband needs me to get it out of the house. And I'm like, oh my it's gosh. literally a tray. It's a tray. <laughs> You're not using a planchette. You're not invoking anyone. It's not evil just because it's like has letters printed oh on gosh. it. So. I like the demystification of spirit boards mm-hmm. that comes with having it included in a card like this, just to be reminded that like the components of the spirit board aren't just that it's a method of communicating with spirits. There's like a lot of other things that I think come up with this for me. One of which is that spirit boards like the Ouija board mm-hmm. were created by game companies yeah. and also tarot cards were created by game companies initially not game companies people who like card games in the (laughs) middle ages yeah but it's like it's like i think one of the cool components of something like this is that it helps you remember that like there is some levity Mm -hmm. with things that can feel scary yeah like there is some i don't know lightness with it yeah and i also just really think spirit boards are rad yeah yeah they're cool um, I also really like Lantern because oh, yes. I just really love lanterns, which is hilarious because <laughs> yeah. my father-in-law collects lanterns. This is not the type he collects, though, because this is like a boat lantern and my father-in-law collects train lanterns. Um, but it's really pretty and yeah. it provides light and it reminds me of the Hermit, which is one of my favorite cards during times like this. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me really happy. Yeah. Uh, tower is another one that's like a Lenormand crossover oh, yes. card that I think that she did super well because the tower card is this really sturdy 
backbone. Mm-hmm. And the tower in Lenormand is really different from the tower in Tarot because it isn't about collapsing. It's actually the opposite. Right. It's about sort of like the strength and like solid longevity. Foundation. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And things lasting forever. And so having it be this like really sturdy spine mm-hmm. is kind of beautiful. Yeah. Because it sh- we should feel like, you know, our our backbone is a component of the tower energy. Um, and then last but not least is the stars card, which I mostly just oh, like yeah. because I love those sort of like vintage or I guess old timey uh, renditions of the night sky, uh-huh. like star maps. Um, when I was a little kid, we my dad had we, it's actually in my house now a globe that has a small earth in the center. And then the exterior is this huge clear globe oh, that yeah, surrounds yeah, yeah. the small earth that has constellations on it. And it just reminds me of that. Yeah. Like the star maps of the sky are something that I just love so, so much. Cool. So I love that card too. Yeah. I love it. And those are my faves. Yay. I'm so excited. I know. Shall we talk about WTFs? Um, sure. I just think the name changes are the ones that I had. Like Throw people off. Yeah, yeah totally. I th- like smoke was another one because instead of clouds or smoke, but I actually like smoke more. Sorry, Lenormand, because yeah. to me, I love clouds and clouds aren't always negative, but was... smoke is just so much better because like it makes everything like you can't breathe in it. You can't see you can't through it. See you can't through it. You yeah. know, it's so negative. There's like a cl- not only that cloud of smoke hanging over you, but it's like you can't physically see through it. Yeah, and I think that I, I think that, that imagery is too. so much better than Lenormand. So and it, yeah, so don't be intimidated a by cloud it. Can mean so many things. Yeah, and but the Lenormand meaning is that it's like you know overshadowing and blocking right. and kind of like making things darker but the smoke is so much more yeah because it because there is that like sense of negativity with cloud and there's like a, one side that's not as negative as the other side so i totally get that but to me smoke identifies that sense of negativity so much better than just cloud because cloud you can have like a white cloud you know it's not yeah just like a beautiful fluffy cloud like what i as somebody who's been dealing with smoke for weeks uh-huh. what i wouldn't do to see a cloud yeah, yeah. like for even fi- a storm cloud blue like sky yeah. with some goddamn clouds in it yeah. i haven't seen blue like truly blue sky for weeks yeah. so and all i can think is like someday i'll be able to see the sky again and then i'll see a cloud yeah but now it's just the haze of old smoke yeah. so that's what i think like don't be intimidated by the name changes identify them, see how they may be different than your Lenormand, you know, card meetings and see how they could maybe be better and help identify those Lenormand big yeah. things better, th- like those Lenormand meanings better than the cards that are, you currently have for that. Yeah, see if you can connect to it more yeah. than the more traditional Lenormand. Yeah. All right, well, let's each pull two cards to represent our relationship with the deck and then we can walk through how we interpret, interpret cards them. together in this deck. Uh. Do you ever? So I almost always pull more than yeah, one. Yeah, I usually card pull three, deck. typically minimum. The three. Yeah, which is probably a holdover from the Normand. Maybe yeah. in some way. Yeah, usually I'll usually try to read it narratively. I think. Yeah, so something do I. like that. Rather than the so with Lenormand, if you didn't listen to the re-released episodes, uh, with Lenormand, a really common way of doing it is having the middle card be the subject and the two exterior cards being influences on that subject. But then another way is narrative, which is just start to finish. And I think that three cards is nice for cards that have like 
more limited definitions because then you're led in a specific direction. But I think narrative makes sense with this rather than subject and then influences. If you, we can pull three if you want no, to. No, I'm okay with, two. I mean, I'm okay with two. So I'm, I've already pulled my two. So <laughs> those two are coming out together. Okay. So what would you like to, what did you get? I got Clover, which of course said Lenormand means like really good luck any, every kind of anything good that comes your way, Clover's like that that force behind it. So that's I've I've uh-huh. kind of kept the Lenormand meeting for Clover, and then I got Hourglass. So to me, it's like this is like a lucky like good time together. Like we are yeah have this like really good relationship together, and it's like always gonna be a good time. So <laughs> yep. And I got Pot. Okay. Like a pot. A pot. And spirit board. Oh. And so the pot both looks like a flower pot and has, has a flower, flower out of it. I know it could be a cooking pot too, but I think that paired together, it's sort of like this deck is used to develop my relationship with my spirit guides. Yeah. Like there's both the development of flavors that happen in a pot or the growth of a plant that happens in a pot. Mm-hmm. And then the spirit board is that connection with my guides and sort of like the universal energy or whatever. And so this deck is useful in developing and growing that relationship. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sweet deck. And this is one of the spare ones that hasn't even been covered in crystals on my bedside table. Hey. I, I do like this. Like this deck literally goes with me everywhere. It it wants to be, it wants around. to be around in your shit with you all the time stuff. I mean, I just can't. I, like sometimes when you are both a tarot reader but also a collector, mm-hmm. you sort of forget how it feels to feel so connected to one single deck. Yeah. Because I can read the same with any tarot deck. Oh yeah, like I am. I. There are some that I visually connect to more, mm-hmm. but I can like be as effective as a reader, no matter what kind of cards I'm using. Right. But for some reason, this deck feels so different yeah. to me. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like I could replicate these beautiful readings necessarily with something else. Right. Or at least even if I could, the manifestation kimono that we were talking about before, where like we need information or, you mm-hmm. know, if we wanted to, whatever, like bring more, I don't know, celebration into our lives. We could pull out two cards that have those definitions. And I feel like this one works the best. for. Yeah. I use this in spellcraft because it's very, it, the cards are so direct with their meanings and they're so intrinsically tied with me now, I guess that just pulling out like a a couple weeks ago, I pulled out broom and one other card and I had it with like one other card and then like family stuff started to come on earth and I'm like, no, put it back, put it back, put it back. You know, like, yeah, that's not literal, ready, not, not ready, ready, ready <laughs> out. Like I didn't mean that. I meant like just the, the, the ickiness go away. Not like actually like unearthing, <laughs> you know? So it's very much like a deck that can be used in spell work that can be used to like manifest your intentions and like enhance that. Yeah. So it's yeah. definitely not, it's just not your ordinary Oracle deck. It's so much more than that. Yep. It's a game changer. Yep. Yeah. Next week we are going to review 420 Tarot by Juliana Rose. And uh, we're super excited. I know. I'm I'm so excited about this deck. I'm so excited. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited to talk to you again next week. (laughs) Like we don't talk to them every day. But we were every every single single day. day. Most it feels different when we're recording the podcast because it's just us getting to record together and not anything else. That's true. 
we're focused squarely it's on each other. Time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. That's our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. You can also find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com in case you would like to email us or whatever. And also tell your friends about us and write review us on iTunes. We got some really good reviews like the past oh my couple God. weeks. Esther sent me one that literally felt like the best <laughs> review we could have possibly ever asked. I know. For. And it, it was like so complimentary about things that we're self-conscious of. It was like so. somebody reached into our brain and said like, they're there. Everything, Everything is fine. Everything is good. You all are amazing. <laughs> I'm like, well, thank you. And I'm still paranoid, but thank you. So yeah. anyway, it, it was really, really helpful through a hard week last week. So thank you for the reviews. Yeah, we totally appreciate yeah. it. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community by searching Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. And we have a Redbubble shop. Maybe that's going to have some new mugs in it if we can get like, I'm spoopy and I'm not spoopy at all like in the shop this week maybe because it is <laughs> Samhain season. Yeah, that's Halloween. True. That is true. So anyway, we'll, we'll let you know on that. We'll, we'll yes. have a committee meeting and let you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and remember, go forth and tarot wildly this we week. We love you so much. We Happy love Autumn you. Equinox. Eat some apples. Yay. Eat some harvesty things. Corn. <laughs> have your daily corn. intake of corn. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs>